Sound the alarm. That's right, listeners. Once again, we've come upon that week in December when we celebrate all things programming. December 5th kicks off National Computer Science Week. And what better way to start the celebrations than with a perfectly themed interview? Today, we've got Jeffrey Martin on the EdSurge podcast. The founder of an organization called Honor Code, he recently won the $500,000 Global Change the World competition for nonprofit entrepreneurs as part of the Forbes Under 30 Summit held in Boston in October. Honor Code is a nonprofit that provides curriculum and training to schools to help prep teachers to educate K-12 kids on coding. That's right, people. It's not just about the kids. You have to educate the adults, too. We'll hear his thoughts on the ins and outs of computer science in a moment. But first, here come the news bits. Welcome to the Ed Surge Podcast. Let's get started. Testing out new EdTech products can be scary, not to mention expensive and time-consuming. Fortunately, DC-based nonprofit Digital Promise just released its new EdTech pilot framework to help navigate the process. With helpful tips and research from 14 districts, the eight-step framework provides guidance for school leaders and educators looking to take on pilots of their own. President-elect Donald Trump announced Betsy DeVos, Michigan Republican megadonor and school choice proponent, as his pick for education secretary. He calls her a brilliant and passionate education advocate. Here's what we know about her so far. She's pro-voucher, she supports charters and technology in the classroom, and she's not a fan of Common Core. A school or district CIO has traditionally been involved in passively collecting data and uploading Excel docs. But now, according to Jessica Terrell of District Administrator, being a CIO is all about creating systems that aggregate and sort data automatically. In a recent article, she cites the Sun Prairie area and Muskego Norway school districts, both in Wisconsin, as sites where administrators created their own data portals and customized dashboards. Fourth and eighth grade students in the U.S. are sharpening their math skills, showing overall higher scores from 1995 to 2015 in the most recent Trends in International Mathematics and Science study. Other findings were more concerning than celebratory, like a gender gap among scores and improvement for students in both the U.S. and abroad. And now it's time for Kachings. A liaison for students and their job prospects, Handshake recently announced that it has raised $20 million led by Spark Capital in a Series B funding round. Founded in 2014, the San Francisco-based company offers university career centers a platform where employers and students can connect and share information. EdTech startup Firefly raised $5.6 million in a Series A round, reports the Tech Portal. The London-based company says the money will be used to further develop their product, an online tool that lets teachers track, mark, and share resources with students and parents. And the money will also help double its now 50-person staff. Around this time of the year, everyone starts offering their two cents about how one should teach kids to code. Down in Atlanta, Jeffrey Martin believes that it takes more than just a few fancy coding tools, however. His nonprofit, Honor Code, seeks to improve the entire K-12 ecosystem for coding by working with teachers where they are. You don't have to be a computer science teacher to show kids how to code, he says. But I wonder, 
How exactly do you take your average math teacher from fractions and algebra to debugging and running programs? I'll let him take it from here. Okay, so I am here with Jeffrey Martin. He is the founder of Honor Code, which is an organization that does a lot of things in the realms of computer science. Um, but he knows it way better than I do, so I'm going <laughs> to let him kind of take it from here. So, Jeffrey, what exactly is Honor Code? Because you guys, ah. you've gotten a lot of press recently because you won the Change the World competition at the Forbes 30 Under 30 conference. So, you know, what is it? Just give us give us all the details. Oh, sounds great. Okay, so um, Honor Code. Um, Honor Code is a nonprofit organization, and we provide curriculum and training to schools to bring more web development or computer science education into the general K-12 classroom. Um, we do this, and we're all piling a lot of our services at Charles Edward Charter School this year. Um, we do uh, teacher professional development, and we have a cohort of about 14 teachers that we're working with over the course of nine months to one, provide them with our curriculum, teach them web development and the web development that we're teaching them. We go through Scratch, HTML, CSS, and JavaScript computer programming languages. And we also, the thing that is really special about our teacher professional development program, we also meet them where their content is. So we're trying to figure out how computer science education can be wrapped up into a history class or into an ELA class and not just the general math and science related fields. Um, we also do direct instruction to students. So um, I uh, lead instruction for about 150 <laughs> sixth through 12th graders here. And then we also are doing our after school academy where we leverage a lot of our community partners like Google, and Atlanta Tech Village to kind of give our students exposure to what a career could look like in those spaces. And when you say that you work with teachers, are we talking about computer science teachers or really anybody who is in a K-12 classroom? We are talking about anybody that is in a K-12 classroom. So even out of our cohort of 14 teachers, all of our teachers have been in the classroom for a little over five years, and the bulk of them are around like nine, 10-year veterans. Okay. So they've got experience, and they've, they've, they've got a lot coming to the table. But one thing that we at EdSearch have written about, which you and I were talking a little bit about earlier, is the fact that over the last couple of years, there's really been just this unbelievable explosion in learn mm. how to code products, where... You know, someone can log on to code.org or they can go on to Khan Academy and start to teach themselves how to code or, you know, use the curriculum in the classroom to teach students how to code. But I don't really see a lot of products that focus on teaching the teachers. Why did you decide to focus on the teachers as your core audience? Awesome. I mean, so... Um, at Honor Code, our purpose is that we are here to empower schools to build the capacity for tomorrow's world. And the way that you do that is through teachers. Those are the experts that know how to deal with their specific student population and get their this type of education into their hands. We are a very, very small team and we, you know, we've done a ton of research and we know that we can't teach all the students that need to learn computer science. I mean, alone, so again, we're leading 150 um, uh, students directly with the instruction I'm giving, but through our teacher training program, we're impacting around 1,200 in the district. So that right there alone, the more that we're able to, one, get this education of computer science into more teachers' hands, um, and then also help coach them and how to bring this learning into their classroom and impact their students. I really think that that's where we're going to start seeing this transformative change 
in that field. I mean, again, Georgia alone has 20,000 open computer programming jobs, you know, and every single one of those jobs has a salary around 85, a median salary around $85,000 a year. Um, a lot of folks can't pay $12,000 to go in a coding boot camp that we see with a lot of our partners that we partner with. And we're just trying to find ways of the more there's tons of computer science education to go around in our city and our state and also in our country and actually our world. And we're just trying to be one of those ones that are helping to meet that supply and also in something that's a bit more catered to those instructors. That's right. And I remember I read that you would like Atlanta to where you're based, which is Atlanta, Georgia, to become the next Silicon Valley. So mm -hmm. I assume that, so right now you are in Atlanta. That is your main headquarters. Do you want to expand mm -hmm. outside of the city or is that where you really want to focus your efforts? So Atlanta and specifically, and our vision is to make Atlanta or to help create Atlanta as a Silicon Valley for not of the Southeast. So we know with a lot of our Silicon Valley counterparts that though we have tons of unicorn companies out there and they're doing very, very well, there's a, there are huge income inequality gaps that happen. And Atlanta is not, um, they are not safe from that at all. You know, you see some of the reports that come up for us and Atlanta also too has high income inequality. But the thing that separates us from our West Coast counterparts is our rich civil rights history and how we are truly, truly championing Atlanta and also Georgia to be a city and a state that is for equality and actually putting their actions behind those things. So with all of that in mind, that's where why we're trying to make sure that we do this in Atlanta. But we are currently right now working with um, the University of Pennsylvania to try to get some of our curriculum there. And we're hoping to, um, you know, with some of the relationships that we have with 4.0 schools in New Orleans is to send some of our curriculum there to help train teachers. So though we are Atlanta centered or focused, we are trying to get this out to as many people and more specifically teachers as possible. Do you think in some ways there's been more and more, and this has always been, I think, something that people are aware of, but there's been more and more news items coming out recently about how the lack of diversity that you find in uh. Facebook or Google or Twitter, um, both amongst the gender gap, but also amongst um, the lack of people of color. Uh -huh. What do you think are the biggest contributing factors to that? I mean, is it really a, a, an idea of access? The fact that um, trainings and, and computer science education is just not equitably available to all of these different groups? Or is it something beyond that? Wow. So you're bringing up, <laughs> we're bringing up a lot of our, and so one, I think that it would be, I would be remiss to say that living in our country, that we have a lot of birth defects that we need to take care of. Some of that is what we see in terms of women's rights. This is something that you see also with what we're seeing with um, the Black Lives Matters organizations that's going on. Some of the aspects where a lot of our um, Latino community members are trying to fight the aspect of them also being um, deported as undocumented immigrants, even though they are very much, um, I guess, um, putting into our economy. And also, <laughs> quite frankly, these are friends that I have grown up and went to school with, and I'm in community with them. So on that tangent alone, there's a lot of birth defects that we need to deal with. 
Um, in terms of CS, I mean, computer science education access, um, and also just how our world is very much trying to, we, we have this skills gap that we're seeing not only just in our computer science education related fields, but also in our general spaces. You know, there's not enough transparency, or how can I say, we are building up to have that transparency between, hey, you're going through the school pipeline, you do primary education, you do secondary education, you either go into a technical career college or you go into a um, four-year accredited university. But you go through all of that schooling, but we're effectively helping not only to build, you know, citizens who know how to engage in their work, but also to how can we contribute to the economy? You know, so when you don't have those discussions happening between the Googles and the Facebooks with the schools and also the teachers, how are we expected to fix this diversity pipeline? And it's very much needed at those at those tech firms, but just in firms in general. Right. Well, some of the, you bring up something interesting, which is, you know, there are a lot of tools like I mentioned before, there's a lot of tools out there that are available for use, but they're mm -hmm. they're static in the sense that it's just there for someone to use. It doesn't necessarily tackle any of those issues. And so I'm wondering, you know, there's code.org, there's Khan Academy, there's Scratch. Do you have any tools in particular that you yourself really like to work with in the Honor Code program? You mentioned Scratch earlier. Is there anything else that you think to yourself, like, this is awesome. I really like this. So that's really awesome because we actually do, um, we do use some of the platform from Khan Academy as a supplemental resource for our students outside of the lectures that we do and also with our teaching training program. And we're also... Um, what we also use a, a website called CodePen, where we give our students and also the teachers that we train an extra environment so that they can play with front end web development. You know, we, how can I say this? There are, like you said, there are tons of, um, there are tons of learn how to code platforms that are out there. But I think the thing about it is, hey, all of this money and those resources have been brought to make those platforms work, but we're still having issues around how do folks navigate that? How do you do that in a classroom that doesn't have one-to-one -one computer computers for their students? And they just have a computer lab with 20 students in it. How do you teach computer science in that space? How do you do this when you know, you've had a school turnaround and 70% of your teachers have transitioned? And you have a new team and you're still dealing with the same student population. And we are really, really using a lot of the free resources that we see to help supplement some of this instruction that we're given because, hey, they're doing really, really great work too. And, we're, and then, like I said before, there is enough to go around and we're trying to figure out what works best. Khan Academy may not work with a certain group. Code Academy may work with someone else. Code.org may work with a different school, you know? So it's just finding that sweet spot to where we can give the, that access to those folks and districts and students and teachers. Okay, so big last question. So you were at the Forbes 30 Under 30 conference in Boston a few weeks back, and you won, I believe it's $500,000? Right, just about, just about. <laughs> okay, so around $500,000 through the Forbes Change the World competition. And so what is that money going to go towards? What are you going to use it for? Awesome. So a huge chunk of that grant is a Forbes media grant of around $375,000. And we are going to be using that to win. And we're hoping this fall because um, huh, there's a few really, really cool initiatives that we're going to be launching in the fall. And we're going to put, um, we're going to do that release to Forbes 
subscribers, and that's about 7 million print subscribers that we're going to be using our media grant for that. Um, also, with our $50,000 cash grant that we got, we're hoping to, one, further expand and develop our computer science curriculum. And also, we've been prototyping a social-emotional curriculum so that we can start to build in, and I guess this more comes from a, a very personal story with me. So as a student who grew up in the uh, East Lake Villages area, um, there, you know, we had a long history of, um, I guess you would say poverty and, and just crime and all of these things. And as a person who has been through a lot of those traumas, you know, trauma alone takes you off your game as a student. <laughs> How are you expected to learn when you don't have proper running lights in your home, when you don't have access to resources? You know, so we're really trying to find ways of, in addition to this computer science curriculum that we're hoping to train teachers in, we're also trying to help students just be better at communicating and not getting frustrated and learning how to just, I guess, be better supports for one another in that space. So that is something that um, we're trying to help push forward as well. Awesome. Well, Jeffrey, thank you so much. And if we want to find out any more information about Honor Code, where can you go to get it? Awesome. So um, you can go to our website. That's www.honorcodeatl.org. And you will be able to find more information about what we do here in Atlanta and beyond. Thanks so much to Jeffrey Martin. And thank you for tuning in to the Ed Surge Honor podcast. Hey, listeners, do you have anything in particular you'd like to hear about on this podcast? If there's anything that you'd like to hear, individuals you'd like to hear us interview, please send us a note at feedback at edsurge.com. And with that, I'm Mary Jamata. We'll see you next time. <laughs>